Life on Tour acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands upon which this podcast is recorded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Today's episode was recorded on Awabakal, Waramai and Gadigal land. Hello, it's me, Manon, and welcome to episode four of Life on Tour. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, This episode is actually just me. I recorded it back in Sydney after I got an audition rejection. I think I talk about that a little bit more in the episode, but I'm definitely going to do another episode talking about rejection with from other people's perspectives because this is just a sort of reflection on my perspective on dealing with audition rejection. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to find out how other people deal with that as well. But for today, I guess it's just me. We are, well, by the time this episode comes out, the Newcastle season will be finished, but I'm getting in a bit early because as soon as the final show happens on Sunday night, I'm driving back to Sydney and then I'm flying out to do some teaching the morning after. So I won't really have time to uh, do this intro segment of the podcast. I'm going to do it now. I've only done a couple of shows this week and then we'll go on to the weekend, but it's been really, really good. So, so great. So great. (laughs) It's still interesting. Like I'm still dealing with, uh, the aftermath of the flu, which I know it's, oh God, it's probably like, oh my God, you literally had the flu 200 years ago. Stop talking about it. But it's, I, I just like, if you're Squeamish, probably don't listen to this, but I just get so much phlegm like for weeks after I have any kind of illness ever in the world. <laughs> and, and there were a couple of times in the show yesterday where I just like tried to sing something and nothing came out because there was a bit of phlegm clinging to my vocal cord, vocal folds, vocal folds. And one of them was like this really high note. It's like a, a high A or something and it's in something's missing and it's like... Ah, and I just tried to do it and this horrible like demon croak came out I was like (laughs) yeah yeah I don't know if anyone on the sound team heard that but I stopped singing immediately after that and for the rest of the scene I was terrified that um because I had a solo line at the end that I was going to be like hello but I was fine you can probably still hear the phlegm Oh, and I started doing this other super weird thing as well, where I had this really helpful voice in the back of my head before every single line of our Wednesday matinee that was saying, you're going to forget the line. You're going to forget the line. You don't know the line. Literally before every line. And then, so I probably had this like weird, shocked, unsure look on my face for the first half of the show. Cause I was like, I don't know what the line is, but I do like, I've done like 300 shows now. I obviously know what the lines are, but it's just weird. It's weird that our minds play tricks on us like that. So I actually had to like stop thinking about anything really, and just go blank. And I knew that the lines would come out and they did, which was so good and then I also started doing this little mental trick there's always been a couple of notes in um, one of the songs where I sing like a a belty sort of high note it's in the ensemble like it's not a solo line or anything but sometimes you know I get a bit of a complex and I'm like oh my gosh I don't know and sometimes I'll push a bit too hard but then I started saying to myself in my head like you're so good at this note. You're going to nail it. And I've been nailing it every time. So that's so great. It's almost like if you tell yourself that you can do something, that you can do it. Huh, who would have thought? 
That's crazy. I'd much rather tell myself I'm terrible. I'm absolutely joking. As for my colon, not much to report. I think I do mention it um, in this episode, though, in terms of how it responds to stress um, in the audition context. So there you go. It's another colon fact for you. But for now, that is enough from me. I could keep talking forever. So I'm just going to cut myself off and uh, hey, let's get into it. Hello and thank you for listening to this episode of Life on Tour. Um, I'm Manon and today I am going to be talking about audition rejection, um, which can be really tough and really, really tricky. Now, I actually had already recorded this episode um, on the actual day that I got um, a rejection email from an audition that I did, but I was listening back to it and I sound so sad, (laughs) which I was. Um, So I have decided to just kind of rejig it a bit. So no, this rejection is not fresh as I'm speaking right now, but when I first recorded this um, this episode, it was very fresh. Now, for context, the gig that I was going for, it was something really, really, really important to me, like a huge career goal that I was working towards for like years, <laughs> um, just to give myself the best chance, obviously. Um Not that I felt entitled to it or anything like that, but it was just something really, really important. And, you know, I think sometimes those auditions come up that we really, really, really want and I I didn't get it. You know, it is what it is. What are you going to do about it? But I thought it might be helpful uh, for me to share some of the processes I kind of go through um, after rejection you know it's a thing it happens a lot in the performing arts but it also happens you know in any career in in life in general but something I'm going to touch on later on in the episode is that you know sometimes it can feel a little bit more um hooked to who we are as a person because you know when you're an artist your art is kind of you but hopefully these steps will help you um not take rejection too personally like take it or leave it these are just the things that I tend to do and think about after I've been rejected it happens it happens a lot it's happened a lot to me I'm sure it maybe is happening a lot to you I don't know but you know I also want to say that I'm not uh, a therapist or a counselor or anything like that that you know this isn't specific advice to you taking in your circumstances this is just stuff that I do and if you are really struggling with any emotions that are coming up for you post audition rejection or any kind of rejection then absolutely reach out to a therapist reach out to you know a professional who is going to be able to help you so okay without further ado let's get into some of the things that I think about after I have been rejected or released from a job Okay, so the first thing that I tend to think about is I have to ask myself, like, what are you actually grieving here? Like, what are you actually sad about? And that might seem like it's an obvious answer. Like, yeah, I'm sad because I didn't get the job. But there's so much more that comes with that, particularly in this context that I was in a few weeks ago. Um, I had put a lot of thought into this audition. It was a huge career goal for me. I'd put a lot of work into it. And with that, I I had to picture myself in the role, like in the gig, doing it and doing it well. And I can't, it was such a nice 
place to be because it's like a fantasy, you know, you're picturing yourself doing something wonderful and fulfilling and it's your ultimate dream, you know, it's a dream, you're, you're dreaming about it. Um, and so, so much more for me was loaded into this gig. But the the truth of the matter is, is that I never had that gig. I didn't get it and I never had it. So when you kind of flip it in that way, it's oddly empowering because like you haven't actually lost anything, if that makes sense, because you never had it to begin with, you know, and just acknowledging that I feel like for me is really helpful. So the second thing that I take into consideration um, after I have been rejected for a job um, is kind of about becoming friends with uncertainty. And I think, in my opinion, when you do that, it, it can become a really powerful stance to take. You know, in a way, you just kind of have to trust that if you had been right for the role, if you were meant to get the role, then you would get it. And like, I feel like the minute that you start kind of second guessing what you did and second guessing, you know, oh, that one of the panelists like looked at the other one and had a slight smile on their face and then they said, you did a great job. And, you know, maybe that means that they're considering me for something else or whatever. You know, it, it can be really anxiety inducing when you start sort of second guessing everything. So kind of trusting that if they see that you are going to be the one for the job, then they're going to do everything that they can to verify your rightness for the gig. And in a way, a lot of that is outside of of your control. What is in your control is walking in and presenting your best work that, you know, you have prepared, you have thought about the role, you've thought about the work and you're going in, you're doing the best that you can. You know, I mean, that is all sort of pre-audition stuff, but it's kind of like, and this kind of ties into... I think I'm not a philosopher by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I don't really know that much about anything, but I do know feelings of rejection. (laughs) Maybe I need to go to therapy. Um, I do go to therapy. Anyway, so what I mean is like becoming friends with uncertainty is that particularly in the entertainment industry, when things job possibilities can be so unstable and unreliable anything is possible you just have to pick the most likely fact or outcome you know this is why science and maths is so beautiful because they um those procedures to do with those things eliminate um uncertainties and try to create true fact um but with something as subjective as art you know, everyone has a number of different opinions about what is being presented to them. But if you believe that you are doing good work, if you believe that the audition you have done is strong and you've done your best, that's all that you can do. If you were going to match the vision that they had for the show, you would have gotten the gig. It's as simple as that. And I think also like a part of me, when even when I say that, comes up and is like, yeah, you know, like anything's possible and if you were right for it, you were right for it. But that's kind of the same sentiment as, you know, what's meant for you is coming for you or everything happens for a reason. 
you know, no, you have to make it happen. I, I might've been right for the role, but I, I cracked on a high A when I did the audition. And it's like, yes, I see what you're saying, other side of Manon, but we are picking the most productive way to view rejection post audition. And it's not very empowering if you're like, well, you know, my voice failed me. I have failed. I am terrible. It's not a very empowering thing to have, you know, because at, yes, and I may have cracked on a note in the audition and maybe that killed my chances. Maybe it did, but I'm I'm actually never going to know what the panel was saying after I left the room. It could have been to do with something completely different. And I'm, I'm just, I have to become okay with never, ever, ever finding out why I was rejected for something. That's kind of the gig, you know, and what I mean when I say is that like anything is possible as to why you didn't get the job or in general and just going with the most likely outcome, you know, in the past when I've been a predominantly like more anxious person, um, I might've really, really like gotten neurotic about a rejection or any kind of interaction being like oh you know maybe it was because on that one day on a job I turned up and I was whinging about being tired and they probably found out about it and they know that I'm you know they think I'm difficult to work with or whatever like uh like sure maybe don't whinge about being tired but that is also such an unlikely possibility as to why you didn't book a job you know, the most likely possibility is that you just weren't right for it. And if you were right for it, you would absolutely have gotten it. Because let me tell you this, I had a friend who she was going up for this huge TV gig and in her final callback, she did not nail it. She did not nail it at all. She came out of it and she's like, oh God, just lost myself that one. Damn it. Um, and they actually conducted a further callback for her they knew that she was right for it they knew she just had an off day and they were like come back in and you know they spent more money on creating another audition for her just to verify that they had gotten it right in you know believing that she would be able to do the job you know panelists are good at seeing what's going to be right they've talked about it beforehand they know what they're looking for and you don't And you have to be okay with that. Wow. I, sorry. I sound like I'm yelling. I just, I'm I'm passionate about it because I have beaten myself up for so long in the past, like really, really taking things very personally and hard. And it is, it is difficult. Like, I just want to acknowledge it is difficult to not take it personally when the job you're going for is to do with your whole personage, like your voice, your body, your energy, like your work it's not like you know I designed this uh, computer program I'm sorry I don't mean to offend anyone who's in IT but it's just it's so much more subjective and it is hard not to take it personally when it's like your your job is you but you just can't because it will make you crazy and anxious and upset and I say that as someone who has made myself crazy and anxious and upset. Okay, that was step number two that I like to consider. And I also have very good friends who, you know, I can call up and they're like, oh my God, like 
pull your head out of your ass. Like, stop. You're not the center of the universe. Trust that you are great and you are going to just get another job. That this one wasn't for you, but you had a great time anyway. Okay, the next thing that I like to think about post-audition rejection is another standpoint that can lead to productivity, which is a great thing. It's positive. So I like to ask myself, am I happy with the audition that I did? And if I'm not, what could I do better next time? Because that gives you a goal. It gives you something to work towards. It's almost sometimes easier when you know that you have actually messed something up in a pretty major way and you can be like, yeah, that's why I didn't get it, you know? And then you can be like, great, great. That's awesome. For the next audition that I do, I'm going to do everything within my power to make sure that I don't do that again. So, you know, we'll go back to like, if you're doing a singing audition and you cracked on a note, you know, okay, great, I need to go to some more singing lessons and I need to figure out why that happened. And then maybe I'll catch on that note because I was getting nervous. So pre-audition, next time around, I need to, you know, call up my friends and be like, I'm running my audition for you so that I will be used to singing this song in a state of nervousness or, you know, fight or flight, which does happen to us when we audition. I get, oh my God, I get so nervous. Like my whole body is like, wah, you know, nervous wheeze, nervous poos, everything. Sorry, didn't mean to talk about my colon, but here we are. Um, yeah, and that, you know, that again, taking that standpoint of like, what can I actually do about this to make sure that it doesn't happen again? It not only helps your craft get better, but it it gives you a powerful standing point to have because you have control over the outcome. You know, which can be easier than just never knowing why you didn't get it and finding peace with that. Okay, the next thing that I like to consider is that every good audition you do is money in the bank. Like my agent always says to me, okay, onwards and upwards, congratulations on doing a good audition. Because, you know, I put in for this one, because it was so important to me, I put in so much work and I put in so much money and I planned and planned and planned. I almost went a little too hard on the preparation front, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what I did because I, I couldn't have done anything more to prepare. Um, and if I was coming from a negative perspective, I might look at all that preparation and be like, oh, it's all for nothing. It's all a waste. But that you couldn't be more wrong because it's never a waste. Every bit of work that you put in to an audition is work you're putting into your craft. And when you put work into your craft, you become you know, a, a sort of higher quality artist, I guess. You know, that sounds really judgmental, but that's not how I mean it at all. Like you become more knowledgeable about stuff and you become more multifaceted and you've got more experience and more colors to play with, you know, it, you just never know. There have been times where people have gone in for auditions, not gotten them, and then the panel has remembered them, that production company or whatever has remembered them from the audition that they did that they didn't get and be like, oh my gosh, that John was, he did such a great audition. Let's get him in. Let's see, he'd be so right for this one. So you, you just... Again, you never know. But if you're doing a good audition, that is a win. I once like when I did <laughs> when I did a bad audition for Waitress, I actually I, I called one of my besties and I was like, ah, I did a bad job. I hit a bum note or, 
yeah I completely sabotaged my my own hard work and stuff and she oh, she's a great friend she was like oh my god you know you are so privileged you're working at the moment you're thinking that it's normal to go from gig to gig to gig to gig and it's not like it that is so rare and it's so great when it happens but you know she said if you are nailing every audition you what else can you do like you're doing so so well anyway and if you're booking more than one out of 10 of the auditions that you're doing you are killing it so with that one booking of that one gig there are you know nine other auditions that you didn't get so you know it's never ever a waste it's never ever a waste and just because you don't book something it doesn't mean that that you that it is not that the audition that you did isn't leading you to something else because like sure I might have hit a bum note or something but they still got to see a version of me that I presented that day that I'm reasonably happy with apart from that note but like whatever what are you gonna do about it okay so the final point that I am going to talk about that I like to think about um during these times is okay I didn't get that gig but what do I have what am I grateful for um now showing gratitude and sort of reflecting on your life in that way has been proven to have so many positive outcomes for for your your mind and your well-being um so for example according to harvard health um gratitude can help people feel more positive emotions they can um you can relish good experiences uh it improves your health uh it can help you deal with adversity and help you build strong relationships so you know the the most important point there I mean they're all important but helping you deal with adversity by having gratitude that's exactly what we're well you know what I'm doing here by thinking about what I'm grateful for you know and sometimes sometimes depending on your circumstances it it can be hard to find things to be grateful for but even just the little things like I have running water in my house that's a huge thing to be grateful for you know I have a healthy body I have a family I have friends the sun is shining you know it, little th- it just kind of puts it into perspective because you know working in the arts is the best thing ever in the world but it's not everything it's like what emma and cat and doug said in episode two you know when you have other stuff that you're interested in that you're that you have going on it sort of makes um knockbacks like this easier to take because you've got a, a bigger perspective you are going to achieve things and you are going to audition for other things and potentially book other gigs and it's going to be great. This is just a tiny little road bump. So, yeah. So, thank you for listening to this. I really appreciate it. I hope that this has helped you. Again, the purpose of this podcast, you know, is not for me to be like, I'm so perfect. I can cope with anything. I'm not perfect at all and I can't cope with anything. No, I'm kidding. Um, But like, you know, I think sometimes, like I've mentioned before, we can think that it's only us who feel these things and go through these experiences when working in the arts um, or, you know, doing life in any capacity. But you're not. You're not alone. Like, I have felt so bad after being rejected for things. Maybe you're feeling bad right now. We all go through it. We all go through it. I think sometimes we can have this 
perspective that everyone else in the industry is perfect and we're the bad ones, but that's imposter syndrome. Um, And we all go through the same things. So again, thank you for listening. I'm not perfect. I mess up all the time. Um, Yeah, but I hope that these steps have helped you. Thank you. Alrighty, everyone, that is it from me. Um, I hope you have enjoyed this episode. It's a bit weird, like that it's just me, but um, you know, there it is. You've already listened to it, so it's not a lot I can do about that now. But I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll be back in your ears on Wednesday. You can follow Life on Tour Pod on Instagram, and don't forget to please give me a rating and a review if you are so inclined. And uh, yeah, have a good one. Bye.